Hello, and a warm welcome to the Climate Friendly Travel Podcast, where each episode we speak to the great and the good of the global travel and tourism industry to learn more about what they're doing to ensure that the principles of climate friendly travel are being advanced. I'm Jed Brown, your host for this week's episode, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Aoife O'Sullivan from Una Bamboo in Sri Lanka. Una Bamboo was established by Aoife and her partner Julian in 2019 following an intensive bamboo training with world-renowned developers Ibuku and Bamboo U in Bali, Indonesia, where they trained in receiving the hands-on knowledge required in working with bamboo as a construction material. Eager to bring that know-how to Sri Lanka and addressing the rapidly growing market demands for ethical travel destinations, the company developed their Una concept, a bamboo eco-hotel designed in collaboration with award-winning design firm Atelier Nomadic. The mission for Una is that it will act as a turning point for bamboo construction in Sri Lanka, showcasing the value of locally grown bamboos and igniting the bamboo movement on the island. In this episode, Aoife talks to me about the origins of Una, the plans for growth, and why bamboo is one of the most ecological and wonderful materials which nature has bestowed on us. Enjoy. So Aoife, you are most welcome to the Climate Friendly Travel Podcast. Great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's our absolute pleasure, Aoife. And just so we can set the scene for everybody, you are, you're right now in Sri Lanka. You have your fan going. It's lovely and warm there, I take it. It is very warm. Contrary to what people say about it being the rainy season in Sri Lanka, I can guarantee today is very sunny. (laughs) There's no rain in sight. Yeah, it's always the way, isn't it, though? In these, you know, when you have these destinations that have the rainy season, everybody seems to think it's going to rain nonstop every day, all day. And it's just not the case, is it? It's not at all. I mean, we actually were trying to push people to even change how they talk about this season. I feel like we could call it green season or it's just as beautiful as the high season, I would say, if not if not nicer with that little bit of rain. Absolutely. Yeah. And without the crowds as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, all, yeah. For that. I'm all for that. Um, <laughs> so look, Aoife, tell us the story of Una Bamboo. How did you come to exist and, and what's the background to this? Okay. I mean, it's quite a long winding tale, I guess. My my partner, Julia, and I, we met 11 years ago. Um, my background, I studied design for stage and screen, which for me is actually a design discipline which lends itself very well also to hotel design. You know, if you look at the hotel as the stage and your guests as the audience, it's really interactive design and experience design. So, yeah, Julia and I, we, we had this dream for many years we, we, uh, of, of launching our own hospitality project. We're both passionate travellers, travelled to many countries together, and we had this dream of, of one day launching our own hospitality project. And I guess that, that journey brought us to Sri Lanka, and it was the start of UNA, essentially, when we came to, when we came to Sri Lanka. But I guess for us, we always felt a responsibility in, in whatever we were going to do in this tourism space, that we were doing it ethically in the right way for the environment with little impact and as least extractive as possible. So that was really the, the seed for, for this project that we're doing here in Sri Lanka. Very good. Very good. And, uh, and, and how, because obviously you've done quite a lot of travel, how did you come to 
to decide to to stop in Sri Lanka and make Sri Lanka the the base. Yeah, so I guess in 2015, we we took quite an extended work leave and travel time. We spent traveling throughout Southeast Asia together and really pursuing this passion that we had for a slow travel. So we were always traveling by land, by boat, by bus, whatever way we could get around without, without flying too much. And so, as I said, this was kind of the seed for us. We were saying we'd love to do something in this kind of regenerative or responsible hospitality space. Um, So cut to, you know, a couple of years later, obviously we had to go back to work at some stage. Our our traveling adventure came to an end. But whenever we traveled again, we were always looking at every destination through that lens of could we do something here? And when we first visited Sri Lanka, I mean... What's there not to love? As you said before we started recording, you, you've been here yourself. Uh-huh. It's an incredible country in terms of culture, history, the, the hospitality of the people, biodiversity. And for us also, we felt like it was a destination that wasn't so overdeveloped. So it really just ticked all the boxes for us. And we felt we saw an opportunity there to, to, to you know, develop or at least try to influence the development of tourism in a more sensitive way. Mm. Um, So that really was the the deciding point for us to move our lives here and just go for for making this project a reality, yeah. Fantastic. And like you say, it's of all of all the places to base yourself in, it's it's a it's a fabulous destination. For any of our listeners that haven't been to Sri Lanka, you really, really should consider it because it's a very, very special place. I've heard it mentioned a few times actually that you know in Sri Lanka, there's a there's a feeling that you know when we talk about responsible tourism and sustainable tourism, everybody does they they tend to go straight for you know Costa Rica, which seems to be you know and Costa Rica by the way are very very good at this as I'm sure you, you're well aware. But there's that feeling that you know maybe Sri Lanka can be you know an equivalent, a real a real leader in sustainability and is that something that you're seeing on the ground in Sri Lanka as well is there a real sort of desire for this definitely definitely you know there have been a lot of anomalies over the years I think which have stunted the growth in the, of Sri Lanka's tourism market you know some very sad events and very tragic events but you know all these things have kind of stunted the overdevelopment I would say of the country so really we have quite a unique opportunity here um, you know before the country has hit its peak of tourism to try to develop the industry I think in a in a responsible way so again that was something that we really saw in Sri Lanka and having traveled so much was that you know we had seen so many destinations you know you know we had a sense like they had been destroyed by tourism and we saw an opportunity in Sri Lanka where, you know, as I said, the, the growth of the industry had been stunted somewhat over the years and that there was an opportunity to hopefully, you know, take the opportunity to help it develop in the right way, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's and there's, We've had a few guests actually on this very podcast who are also making efforts. And of course, you'll, you'll I think you know Shalana Pereira. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've been working together with Shalana at Retrace and the guys at Authenticities as well on a number of really cool groundbreaking projects, you know, fossil fuel-free travel around Sri Lanka and full itineraries that are completely fossil yeah. fuel-free. And they really are. You know, the, the lengths that they're going to to ensure it is 100% fossil fuel-free, really, you know, really quite incredible and groundbreaking stuff. And I suppose that leads us very nicely onto Una Bamboo specifically. 
So tell us a little bit about bamboo specifically and you know what you guys are working on and and why bamboo? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so uh, look, we, we approached the project very much with this feeling of responsibility, you know, particularly as non-nationals in Sri Lanka, we're coming up in here setting up a business, you know, taking also a, a piece of land in this country to develop our business. So we, we felt a great responsibility in doing that in the right way and being as least extractive as possible, also involving the community as much as we can. So it's really a quite non-traditional approach to developing, I think, a hotel project. But reducing our emissions was obviously a big factor in that as well. You know, I think you, you know, you touched there on like fossil free travel throughout, um, fossil fuel free travel throughout Sri Lanka. Um, you know, and I think there's a big focus when we talk of tourism on aviation also. So that was in our mind when we went into developing the project. But I think for us, what we realized quite quickly was that the elephant in the room when we talk about developing tourism projects is that the construction industry is responsible for far more uh, emissions than, yeah. than aviation. Absolutely. Um, you know, 200 times more, you know. Mm. So while it's, of course, important to deal with airlines uh, and reducing uh, emissions at that stage, for us, we felt also a great responsibility in reducing our emissions at the construction stage. Um, and we discovered that bamboo was growing everywhere in Sri Lanka. You know, this amazing mm. material that sequesters so much carbon. When we build with it, it draws down and locks carbon into the atmosphere. It's locally available, so no need to import from other countries. It's lightweight. You know, you can build with bamboo without the use of heavy machinery on site. So it was kind of a no-brainer for us, actually. You know, we're like, okay, if we're going to build responsibly, like bamboo feels like the best, the best thing we can do. And I guess initially when we started to develop the project, we had a sense that like it was very possible. We were speaking to people who told us they could supply us with bamboo treat it and all of this but what we quickly discovered was that it wasn't at a scale that would allow us to build a project to the scale of what we had to, had on, on paper for UNA. So we decided well you know this is still a worthy pursuit in terms of developing a hotel we can perhaps also influence the built environment of tourism in Sri Lanka if we just double down and really try to make this bamboo construction thing happen in Sri Lanka. So in the process of developing this bamboo eco-hotel, we have alongside of that also been developing the, the bamboo supply chain and um, training people on the ground to work with bamboo as a construction material, processing it and so on. So that was really the seed of Una, but I guess for us also how that translates, you know, into a hotel in terms of the guest experience, you know, people coming to this hotel will also feel the impact and be able to contribute to that uh, sense of having an impact on the community that they're visiting. Um, so... Yeah, you know, transparency. I think my generation, we, we value transparency in the products that we buy today. And that also includes the hotels we stay in. 
so yeah being transparent with guests about the impact of their stay is a big focus on the, the product we're developing and that whole thing is tied into the very material that the hotel is built with so our story is a long winding one but it's a it's a good one you know <laughs> it's, it's a very no it's a very very good story you've raised a couple of i think really important points there that are that are worth emphasizing actually and and one of those is you know you you know you're quite right you know we do find in the travel and hospitality industry we spend a lot of time talking about and the media certainly spends a lot of time talking about aviation emissions yeah and the built environment accounts for i believe it's as high as 30% of all global emissions is building stuff you know it's cement yeah. concrete and all of that and i don't think that I don't think that the general public, for the most part, I don't think they they kind of get that. I don't think they're aware of that. And I, and I think when we talk about, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations recently internally about, yeah, I'm going to name them, Booking.com, and they have this green leaf for sustainable yes. properties. And some of these are massive concrete <laughs> structures, and you're sort of thinking... Really? You know, maybe yeah. you're advising guests to reuse their towels, but I'm, I'm not really <laughs> sure if that means that it's regenerative or, you know, truly sustainable and everything else. And it does, I just find it quite interesting that, that there's, there's, there's not as much of a focus on that. And actually, that's, that's probably the, the, the biggest part of the carbon footprint, I would imagine, with most hotels and properties, is, you know, how it's, how it's built and, and the materials Absolutely. that's used to build it. And I think that's why there needs to be more, there needs to be more talk about this, I think, you know, for the for the consumer end and the travellers to 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 make sure that they're aware of that, and then of course, you know, it's I suppose you know, it's, I mean, is that a challenge? The fact that you're, t you're effectively you're taking on, you know, the 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 building industry, which must be massive and powerful. Is that is that something that you're sort of very very conscious of and possibly cautious of? Not at all, not at all. Look, I mean, there's always going to be demand for concrete and steel and glass, you know. I mean, we're not at all challenging, I think, the status quo in that sense, you know. I think what we're trying to do is show that there are more low-carbon ways to build that can also work together with those other materials. Um, and I think for us, it's just important to highlight that this this resource is available locally in Sri Lanka. I mean, we speak to Sri Lankan people quite often who ask us, they say, but there's not really that much bamboo in the country. And say, it really is everywhere. People don't realize. So it's just pointing to something that's already here. We're not trying to challenge anybody, you know, out of their traditional business. But there are ways to also incorporate bamboo in many different types of structures. Um, and, you know, going back to what you said about the carbon emissions from building, it's, it's 38% of global yes. CO2 emissions yeah. is from, comes from the construction industry. I don't know what the figures are specifically for tourism in that, but you just have to look at a country like Sri Lanka, like you said, that still has a sense of being untouched in a way. Mm. And when you see these concrete boxes being erected on very sensitive coastline or, you know, sensitive habitat areas, there's something a little bit jarring and a little bit wrong. unnerving about that, right? So yeah. we never, we never had, look, it's the easier way. There's no doubt about it. You know, the, it's the traditional way to build that we know with concrete and glass and steel. It is the easier route. So I understand why people go that way. 
but we're really just hoping that eventually in Sri Lanka, building with bamboo will also become more accessible and become easier. Mm. So we're really hoping that this, you know, this hotel that we're developing will stand as a as a as an amazing proof of concept of that. There's been many years of work that have gone into bringing us to the point where we are now, which is where we have a good handle on the supply. We've been treating bamboo, we've been building with bamboo, training local carpenters, um, and we're just ready to take it forward now. Effectively, are you helping to create the bamboo building industry in Sri Lanka? Look, we're helping. We're, we're one yeah. of many players. I would never claim to be the, the no, founder. No, of, yeah, of I, didn't, I didn't mean here. that. But I mean, you, you kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, certainly helping to create an industry that, you know, is, is incredibly sustainable. As you're saying, you know, bamboo grows absolutely everywhere. I mean, it, yeah. that has to be the best resource for building. And, and plus, it's just a beautiful material. I mean, it's yeah. a beautiful material in, in every way. You know, if you, you're talking before about, you know, concrete boxes. Um, and myself and my wife were just we were away this weekend and we stayed in a hotel and it was just you know we just I was just laughing to my wife I said you know I stayed in so many hotels the rooms are all identical you know I could I swear I could walk in any hotel room in the world and I'll instinctively know where the bathroom is where the bed is where the TV <laughs> is or whatever yeah. and it's all the same but but bamboo is a material it's that it's part of what we you know I I, I feel you know when we talk about luxury for me, luxury is almost, you know, ha being able to surround yourself with natural materials. There's something, yeah. there's something, there's something about surrounding yourself in natural materials that it's really hard to describe. Don't know if it's quite spiritual, but there's something I about it. It's, it's like if you walk you know, into a forest, I mean, if, you know, you walk into a forest and you, you just feel something. I don't know what it is, but I feel something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, what I think one of the big kind of buzzwords, I mean, particularly during COVID, when we were all talking about tourism a lot and shifting to greener practices within tourism, you know, biophilia, this concept of biophilia has become a big thing in construction as well, you know, not just in hotels, but people are speaking about it in office spaces and that connection to nature, as you very rightly said, there's something that feels very luxurious about that because... We're so used to being in these concrete boxes and maybe being removed from nature. And mm. so there's absolutely something very magical about being in a bamboo structure because it's very tactile, you know. It's, it's this very tactile connection to the landscape, the surroundings, and absolutely it's, there's something very, very luxurious about that. I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And, and you were talking as well about, you know, in Sri Lanka, you know, bamboo is everywhere. Are there are there many different types of bamboo? Because where I am here right now in our garden, we've we've got bamboo, but you know it's, it's like really okay. thin, it's really thin sort of canes of it, and you know I cut it down every yeah. once in a while, and I strip it down, and we use it for actually just making different things around the garden and stuff like that. But it's very very thin in Sri Lanka. I guess there's a lot of different types and sizes of bamboo, right? There is, there is. So there are ten. <clears throat> Excuse me, there are 10 endemic species of bamboo to Sri Lanka. They sound quite similar to what you just described in your garden. So they're quite small kind of reed bamboos, so yep. small diameter bamboos. However, the British started to introduce larger species of bamboo into Sri Lanka in the 1800s. 
so they introduced species like Dendrocalamus gigantis and Dendrocalamus asper, which are very valuable timber species of bamboos. They're very large, very strong, particularly Dendrocalamus asper. And that grows, it's growing in abundance in the highland regions of the country. Wow. You have to go looking for it. And a lot of it exists also inside some of the tea plantations. But, you know, anyone who's following us online will know, you know, they, we post quite regularly about our hunt for bamboo. And it's kind of like, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack. But as soon as you spot the, the, the distinctive leaves of the bamboo tree, suddenly you see 50 clumps, you know, and we realize they're everywhere. So we have some of those very valuable bamboos. And then also in the 90s, there were various government projects that were carried out. There, there was a big uptick in interest in bamboo in the 90s in Sri Lanka. And they started to plant a lot of a species called Dendrocalamus hookery all along the Mahavali River, which is the longest river in Sri Lanka. Um, and the idea was for that was that they would use it for paper pulp and various handicrafts. Um, but and they, I, I believe, at that time planted about a million plants. Um, this is also a very valuable bamboo species, and it's great for construction. We've built quite a lot with this bamboo as well. And so, through various reasons or another, you know, uh, the interest in that project kind of died over the years. Um, but the bamboo still is there. There's still a tissue culture lab in Sri Lanka where they're cultivating bamboo. And some of those original researchers from that project in Sri Lanka in the 90s are still quite active in the bamboo space here. So we rely on them quite a lot. They're kind of like our bamboo gurus here. Wow. So we have many species. And I think people don't realize that, you know, it's like through, the, again, our, our project, we're hoping to show people that, yes, we have the resources, yes, we have the, the knowledge, the skills, and we can transfer those knowledge and skills to the local craftspeople and, and various other stakeholders. So it's it's really something that's kind of ripe to be developed in the country right now. Sure. As well, it, I was speaking to Hans Friedrich from from the Sunnet yeah. program, who's a big bamboo fan, and I learned so much from him, and, and he mentioned something it was on an earlier podcast that we re- we recorded, but just in case our listeners at home aren't aware of this, but but bamboo is a grass, and you yeah. cut it down and it and it grows right back. And yeah, I can and exactly. I can t- and I can I'm, I can testify to that because the stuff we've got, you know, you you actually have to cut it down every once in a while, and yeah. it does come back, and it grows really quickly as well, right? Very very quickly. So as you very rightly said, it's a grass. I mean, there are species, there's not certain species of bamboo that can grow like a meter a day kind of thing. But the amazing thing about bamboo, and it's something that I've said over and over, is like it creates this very symbiotic relationship with humans, bamboo as a material, because you cut out the older poles of bamboo, somewhere around three to five years old, leaving the younger poles. And you can go back to that clump year after year after year and continue to harvest those three to five year old poles, which just so happen to be the perfect age for building with and for, you know, designing products and and so on. Um, So it's this incredibly renewable resource. And in fact, by removing those older poles, you're helping the plant to, to grow even more shoots. So it's it's wondrous, really. And I think. You know, that's been a big motivator for us, uh, you know, or 
it's been something that, you know, we haven't let the length of this development deter us in any way because the more we understand about bamboo, you know, the more we're bitten by the bamboo bug. And I think most people feel the same when they start to understand this plant. Yes. It's, it's incredible and it has, you know, a million and one uses also. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> so it's a very precious gift from nature. It really is. No, it really is. I, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just an incredible material natural material the fact that it's you know it you know regenerates you're you're helping it um it sequesters yeah. car i mean it, it just ticks so many boxes in so many ways yeah. it's um, yeah. an incredible substance tell me um you, i think you sort of alluded to this before how does the the bamboo need to be kind of treated before you can use it for building or you know does it have to be aged or how, how does it kind of work in that way <laughs> So the big thing about bamboo, and I think, you know, over the years why I kind of had this reputation as being like the poor man's timber is because it is very susceptible to borers or, or termites or powder post beetle or whatever the whatever is going to eat your material and whatever environment you're in. So we do need to treat bamboo. And also, of course, the age of the bamboo poles that you harvest will also determine how well your bamboo pole lasts in construction essentially what's happening is that the bamboo pole is full of starch um, and this attracts these bugs so termites or powerful speaker so what we want to do is make sure that first of all when we harvest the bamboo the starch content is at its lowest so you're deciding whether in the dry season or the rainy season whether you're cutting the bamboo and then when we cut it, we need to preserve it. So you're using, for example, something like a boron solution, which acts like a leaching agent to draw all of the starch out of the bamboo. And then there's a drying process so that all the, the capillaries that contain the starch then have a chance to close. Yeah. And then this is your first line of defense against termites. But then the longevity of your bamboo structure also is very is also very dependent on how you've designed with the material as well. So even when your bamboo is treated, you don't want it to be exposed to sun or rain. You don't want it to be sitting on the ground. So there are various ways that we work with the material to give it longevity in, in a structure. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's just... Absolutely, absolutely fascinating. That, when when you're treating it, does that make the bamboo stronger or does it affect the strength in any way? Does it make it less strong or more strong or does it just remain the same, that whole process of, of leaching the starch? My understanding is it stays the same. I mean, essentially what we're doing when we harvest the, the three to four-year-old poles, they're more woody, for example, than a one or two year old bamboo, which you could kind of look at basically like sugar cane, you know, it's very uh, floppy kind of wall, not very strong. But when we harvest the bamboo at about, you know, three between three to five years old, it, it's, it's become more woody. The wall of the bamboo has become more lignified. So when you cut it and treat it, it, it shouldn't affect the strength of that pole. What what are what are the limitations? So you're you know you're developing a you know a, a, a hotel concept with this material. Mm -hmm. What what can bamboo be used for in the building process, and what can't it be used for? You know how much as a percentage of of that property, how much of it can be used using bamboo? You know you're talking about flooring, walls. Is it is it everything? I mean. 
again, look, it depends on the design, but it can pretty much be used for everything. I mean, we see also bamboo reinforced concrete floors, you know, where you're replacing rebar with bamboo. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this is a very old technique. Like we've seen this done in Sri Lanka a long time ago. It's, it's a practice that has pretty much died now. But, you know, they used to also reinforce concrete with bamboo in Sri Lanka a long time ago. Yeah, and then you can create structural columns, you can create your roof, you can create your roof tiles, you can create bamboo reinforced walls also. So, you know, the sky is the limit in terms of, of uh, building with bamboo. For example, even the, the structure that we've built here, we used bamboo nails instead of like metal nails. Of course, there are some crucial joints where you want to use some metal but, you know, you can make nails from bamboo. It's the, the sky is really the limit when it comes to building with bamboo. Wow, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm conscious of time. It's flicking up at me in the, in the corner of the screen. What's, what's next for you guys at UNA? Well, in the, in the kind of very short term, we are working on developing our... So we have been treating bamboo here at our property. However, it's on kind of a small scale at this point in time. So in the very short term, we're working on scaling up our processing factory. So that's something that's ongoing at the moment, which is very exciting for us because it's going to be a location where we can start to bring in larger quantities of bamboo and sending out on the other side of that factory processed and treated bamboo to feed into design and innovation. So that's the very short-term goal. And yeah, I mean, in the in the mid-term, the, the big goal is still to build UNA. You know, we have these amazing designs for the last number of years from the amazing Atelier Nomadic based in, in Rotterdam. So we have this wonderful hotel project that, that's on the horizon. So yeah, there's lots, lots to come from us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's I'm just really, the beginning. It is just the beginning. I'm going to be following it really, really closely because I'm <laughs> just, I'm fascinated by it, and I, I, I just think it's, I think it's a, a truly, a truly wonderful concept. And like you say, and the fact that it's in Sri Lanka, which is, you know, one of my absolute favorite destinations in the world. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be following it really, really closely. Sadly, we have run out of time. It does click over very quickly, I know. But I just want to take, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us. And Not tell at us all, Jen. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I wish you nothing but the best for the future with Una. And uh, I look forward to, to following along with it as well. Thank you. Thanks, Jed. I hope, yeah, we, we covered everything you wanted to cover. And Bamboo is an incredibly vast topic, so it's it is. hard to, to cram into 25 minutes. But yeah, th thanks for giving us the platform and yeah. You're very, you're very welcome. We'll, 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 do, we'll do another one of these in, in six months' time and we'll, we'll catch up with you See again. See where we are. We can talk yeah, to more Bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a million for now, Ethan. Thanks so much, Jed. So there you have it. Huge thanks again to Aoife for sharing her insights with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about Una Bamboo and perhaps even get involved in the project yourself, then please do visit unabamboo.com. And 
Of course, you can join IFA, Unabambu, and hundreds more like-minded people and organizations by joining Climate Friendly Travel, and indeed become an ambassador by signing up to join the SunX registry at climatefriendly.travel, or of course, you can email us at info at thesunprogram.com. But that's our show for this week. Thanks so much, as always, for your company. And remember, when it comes to climate-friendly travel, every small step forward is a giant stride when we all step together.